right, welcome back to Confessions of a High Strung Woman. I am Abby Walker, and you are in for a treat as this is part two of what I'm calling the Super Bowl series. The mm-hmm. Super Bowl series here with my one and only Mr. Peter Ryan Petkoff. Hey, y'all. And we are talking about going to the freaking Super Bowl. Dreamed about it, thought about it as a kid. No, I mean, thought about it all the time as a kid. You mentioned uh, to me, at least earlier, you had a poster on your wall. Will you tell, tell us about that poster? Yeah, so I, I think, as far as I remember, like above the light switch in the room that my brother and I shared growing up, we had a poster. I have no idea how we got it, but it had like <laughs> the first 30 years of Super Bowl, like just the tickets. It was a poster of the tickets, yeah. yeah. And I remember just turning that light switch off every night. But also being like, man, I'd love to go to one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And to uh, to hold the trophy after Super Bowl 54 was pretty cool. So today we're talking more specifically about the, the actual experience of the Super Bowl. So if you're not aware, um, all of the teams have a certain number of tickets to the Super Bowl and typically all of the owners, most of the owners go. So you had attended Super Bowls before, um, but not in the context of like we were in it. Yeah. So I, I have Super Bowl 54 was my 14th Super Bowl, which is crazy. Like eight year old Ryan has to be like, what? The oh hell? yeah, no. Every single one I go to, I'm like, how in the world is this happening? Like, <laughs> who, who missed something that allowed me to let this happen? But yeah, no, it it's it's the best thing in the world, but it's also like if you go and your team's not in it, mm. there's something lacking. Oh, absolutely. It's because kind of like ache. It's like yeah, absolutely. going to the Grammys and not being up for an award or, or not winning a, winning a Grammy. Always going to take it back to the music. You know? Yeah. So um, we started, uh, we talked in the last episode about losing the AFC championship two years ago. So let's go back to winning. Let's start from winning the AFC championship. There, it was once again, the Chiefs were like, I, I, there was a meme going around and... <laughs> Kelsey and Mahomes are pointing, and it looks like they're talking, and it's like, just hear me out. Like, let's let them get up. For however many points we were down in the second playoff game, like, so terribly. And then we'll start playing in the second half. It'll be it'll be hilarious. Trust me. And they were trying to kill us all, but that's exactly what they did. And so in uh, the last, what, couple minutes, they send you down to the tunnel to go down on the field. and But at that point in the game because of our past experiences, you still don't feel like it's clinched, right? And so we're down there, we're in the tunnel, and everybody's just staring at the screen, super nervous, and waiting. So is this the AFC Championship game? Yes, the AFC, AFC Championship game. Yeah. yeah, so we felt like that was... It was a common theme in our lives, to yeah. be down and not know if we were coming yeah. back. <laughs> no, it definitely felt like that game was in the right place, but... You can never be too sure. I mean, we've lost some games that are just heartbreakers, but yeah, it was especially the last one, the last yeah, AFC championship went to overtime. De- it was definitely tense, um, but you know, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of doubt once you have Mahomes out there. Like, well, looking back now, but in the moment, we were yeah. all so freaking nervous. I mean, yeah, that's true. And you're looking into the faces of these people. It's just, a, it was a very surreal experience. Yeah. When people would ask me about it, I'd be like, you're in this tunnel, okay? You're like kind of underground. Yeah. You're waiting to go out onto the field. And if we don't win, you don't go out onto the field. 
if we win, you go out onto the field and you go to the stage and there's the trophy presentation and you're literally looking into the faces of Lamar's kids and all yeah. they want is to bring the trophy with their dad's name on it. Yeah. Back no, home. I, that's, that's true. And, and it was so meaningful for so many people mm. in the building and the organization to be able to experience that moment with them because for those of us who were blessed to know Lamar and to know just what an unbelievable person he was like set aside all of the brilliant things he mm -hmm. did for the world of professional sports he was just one of the best men mm -hmm. that was ever created humble when he had no reason to be his station of life was was high but his humility kept him low he would sweep the concourses of stadiums on his own he was always the mm -hmm. first person to lend a hand and every single person that ever met him has a story about how he made them feel special. Mm. So to see the family accept the trophy that had his name on it mm -hmm. for the first time was unbelievable. And it's one of the great joys of my life and something I'll never forget. Mm. Well, I would say one of the best things that Lamar Hunt ever did was marry Mrs. Norma Hunt. Oh, that's 100% true. You, you will not... I don't know that there's a person in the world that you and I will gush over more oh. than Mrs. Mrs. Hunt. Um, outside of you and my mother, there's no woman that I think more <laughs> highly of. It's a good answer, babe. It's a really I, good I promise. I'm saying, like, she's one of the best people ever created on the history of Earth. And mm. she's just... She's just the best. And so to see her kiss that trophy. Oh, we were like, was, what was one of the things Clark said? You know, she was like, oh, my lipstick's on it. And he was like, we're never washing it off. Yeah, exactly. You know? And we have a picture actually of the lipstick on the trophy. It's good. It was so cool. So we're waiting in the tunnel and you're looking into the faces of all of these people and you're having all these feelings and all these things. And it's like 10 degrees outside. It's freezing. Good old Kansas City weather. Just like, that's the thing about Kansas City fans. I'm just like. There's nothing you can put in front of them that's harder than like what they live through in the winter. Like they are hardy, strong willed the people. They They're are. The best. Okay, so it actually happens. We're winning. We walk out into the field. And I have to say, from like a a uh, production standpoint, we were all given the riot act about like, you know, we're supposed to walk very specifically here and there, and this is, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we walk out onto the field and I am a crying, sobbing mess. Like, I feel like all I did was cry from like January through the Super Bowl. <laughs> we watched the replay of the game the other day and I just cried the whole time. And I was like, if someone had told me 10 years ago that I would be a bawling, sobbing mess over football, I would have been like, no way, no freaking way. But we walk out onto the field and it was chaos. Yeah. There's confetti, there's players running, there's kids running to their dads. Like it was, but it was the best kind of chaos in the whole world. And we have a, a video that I shared where I look at you and I'm like, babe, what happened? And I was like, I literally thought maybe you were going to like bust a cheek. You were smiling so big. And what yeah. did you say? We, we won like, the hey, AFC championship game. Hey mom, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which she loved as she should. So they present the trophy and it is... One of the things that is so cool about the AFC championship and the other championship as well is that it happens on home turf with your fans. And like, it, it was just the coolest. Yeah. It was one of the coolest experiences. There were 74,000 people in that building and none of them left. And they just. Freezing loved cold. It. Because the thing about Chiefs fans is they care so deeply about the history 
they care so deeply about the organization and they wanted it for the family mm. as much as they wanted it for themselves. And I don't know that you had that kind of relationship mm-hmm. in any other team in the NFL. And I, that's, mm. I'm obviously biased, but the Hunt family has really done a lot to give to Kansas City because it's a real love affair mm-hmm. between them and, and the city. And to see... I, I mean, I just remember seeing so many notes and things from fans where they were like, we want this for Clark. We want this for mm. Norma. We want this for... And, and by name. Yeah. They're calling these people out and saying, we want this for them. And well, they, the camp- they wanted it so bad for the fans. Absolutely. So one of the campaigns was that they had pushed around was like, bring Lamar home, yeah. which just sent me into another fit of yeah. tears. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. After we got home... And we're processing, looking back, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, and it, we just saw all these profound things. Like Mahomes gets hurt, and it forces our defense to really like step up and develop their own identity. And we lose last year, but it starts us thinking like Super Bowl champions in sure. terms of planning and all that kind of stuff. So we fly into Miami, and the crazy thing about the Super Bowl that I did not know, as you know, me and the average person who doesn't know that the Super Bowl is not just on Sunday, it's become a week-long extravaganza. I mean, it's nuts. It I had so I had been to two, maybe three other Super Bowls before this one. And we laughed because Ryan is totally like the extrovert, thrives on it. Like, and it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's like going to a circus that doesn't ever stop. Like yeah. new acts just kind of keep rolling out. And there's celebrities everywhere and there's, you know, owners and players everywhere. And it, and it's just, I don't, there's just so many freaking events and so yeah. much that I get overwhelmed by it. And I like, I can only do it every couple of years because it takes me like three weeks, three months to recover when I get home. But going into this one, we knew it was going to be, um, really different, but we weren't, you know, we weren't totally sure how. Tell me a little bit about how you were feeling heading into Super Bowl week. So I, I was super excited and also super nervous because it was very different than the last 13 that I had been a part of. Mm. Like normally with the Super Bowl, you get past the disappointment of not being in the game. Right. Or in years that we were terrible, it was like, oh, let's just get through the Super Bowl and let's start again. Right. But the season starts as soon as this, the next yeah. season starts as soon as that Super Bowl so, ends. So for this one, it was very different because you still had all the parties and all the stuff that you would normally go to. Right. But you're in the game. And so I went in on Monday and to Miami to Miami. And we had the, the team at a, at the Dolphins facility and we watched practice and did, did the whole thing, but it, it didn't feel like the regular Super Bowl hmm. because we had, we had a goal. We had a mission. But that's a funny sentence. The regular Super Bowl. Well, regular time. Super Bowl for me, right? right? Just mm-hmm. going as an attendee or a sports. And team. you're always working. Like there's yeah. always still stuff going on. Yeah. But it was different because we were we were focused, like we were ready to go mm-hmm. across the board, and we weren't going to let any of the other distractions distract us. And that's one of Andy's biggest things is eliminate distractions. Coach Reed, yeah. Yeah, and so it was a uh, from the second we got there, everybody was locked in. You were very amped. Oh yeah, like because he... we were there to do a job. Yes, we weren't we weren't there to have a good time. Like we can have a good time on the side, sure, but. It was about getting that Lombardi. 
It was. It, I mean, from from the get go. But the crazy thing, so like in all of the other games and all the other things, and I feel like pretty much everybody I talked to, from like the head coach's wife on down the list, like there was this kind of like calm of like, yeah, we're supposed to be here. I can remember. Um, talking to one of the wives before the game and she was like, I should be really nervous. I feel like I should be really nervous, but I just feel like this is right. Like we're supposed to be here. And because it's so unfamiliar to us, I'm like, it's voodoo. Don't say it. Like, yeah. you know, we need, we need all the help we can get. But, um, so when you go into the week and starting on Thursday are all of the events you yeah. have, the owners have a private party. There's the commissioner's party. There's things like the ESPN white party. There's the fanatics. I mean, there's concerts. It's it's insane. And if you're the city hosting the Super Bowl, um, to kind of make up for the thousand, tens of thousands of people who've invaded your city and are all very important people, because that's one of the things about anybody yeah. who goes to the Super Bowl, they're very important. Um, is they do a bunch of free concerts and all that kind of stuff. So there's concerts going on and it's Miami and Miami is like, it's like neon lights. They never turn off, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of sweaty, <laughs> but it's beautiful. Like the beaches are stunning. So it had, a, it definitely like had, you know, a vibe. So, um, the owner's party is restricted only to the owners. Um, typically there's an event Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night and then the game is on Sunday and honors is on Saturday afternoon and then Friday night is the um, commissioner's party and the commissioner's party you want to tell everybody kind of about that well it's a really fun party and it's a lot of league executives and owners every time and... we walk into it I'm like they're gonna know I'm not supposed to be here <laughs> <laughs> like... it's definitely like one of the highlights of the weekend and there's always a couple of good acts and it's just it's fun to see everybody around the league especially when you're in the game, because mm. it's the first time that you've seen anybody since the start of the season, maybe the fall meeting, but you know, you're in the middle of the season at that point. So mm -hmm. you get people congratulating you, you get to see your friends around the league and it, it's, it's really fun. It is really cool. So that particular party, um, every team gets a certain number of tickets and all that kind of stuff. And so there's no telling who's going to show up. So I'm trying to, so first of all, one of my favorite chiefs fans and like, celebrities extraordinaire is Eric Stone Street. Yeah, if you're absolutely. not familiar with him, he plays Cam on Modern Family and he is hands down one of the best human beings ever. He's fantastic, yeah. He's there with his girlfriend Lindsay who we adore. Yeah. Um I, and and just for the record, Eric, if you're listening, Lindsay's better than you. So. <laughs> we just love them. There's they're really, really fun. But they're they're like when we won the Super Bowl I didn't know if Eric was ever going to stop crying. Like he was like, I've waited my whole life for this, which only made me love him more as I'm like, I haven't waited my whole life, but I'm crying. You know, we're all just kind of sobbing. Okay. So you, you, if you walk around the room, it's, it's just, it's crazy. And for us, like we are not people who go to these parties. We're not people who like are invited to these parties. I mean, I'm not, maybe you are, but like we're, we're just, we laugh all the time because the, this swings in our life. Like when he's on the road with Abby Walkerman, I'm like, sweet, we're at the good La Quinta. <laughs> and when he's working for the league, he's at a much nicer hotel. And so we have this kind of very crazy balance in our lives. But so I'm trying to think of who always saw at that party. So Stone I, Street. I, I didn't expect to see McConaughey. McConaughey that, was, that was in a cowboy hat. That, that, that stopped me down pretty good. Just being McConaughey. And I was just like, hey, Matt, how you doing? So funny. Um, I saw the guy, I can't even remember his name, from Shark Tank. The bald guy, he's 
a ton of money. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Mr. Wonderful or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's just, I'm trying to think of who else we was there that night. We were we were pretty focused on like talking to the people. Casey Musgraves played a set. She was really great. Um, it was kind of more in a acoustic kind of stripped down set. They had a really great Cuban band that was in there before. Um, the food. And I think one of the coolest things about, the NFL does a fantastic job of embracing the culture of whatever city they are hosting the event in. And so it was, it was awesome. Like as somebody, we're both from San Antonio. And so like it felt, it had kind of like a fun San Antonio yeah. vibe, which is really fun. And so you're visiting, you're hanging out, you're doing all that kind of stuff. So Saturday and in between all of this, there's press conferences, there's the team picture, there's all this kind of stuff. Um, on Saturday is honors. And uh, it's kind of a tough ticket to get because it's it's a small room. That's really exciting for us. Last year, that was the first time that we won. Yeah, Mahomes won MVP. And Paul Rudd announced it, which was really awesome. Yeah. Another huge Chiefs fan. Paul Rudd, Eric Stone Street, uh, Rob Riggle, uh, Melissa Etheridge. You, you have this surprising amount of people from this little town in, in Middle America, Kansas City, who are just diehard Chiefs fan, and, and it's really cool. All right, so you survive the lead up, and it's it's the lead up, and then Saturday night, I I think I was like, you have to go to sleep, like yeah, <laughs> you have and it was it was the right thing to do. I wanted to go out and and do stuff, but you were like, get some rest, and you were right. You were you just kind of we almost had like a twitch, like you were so amped and so yeah. excited, rightfully so. But so the Super Bowl, the day of the Super Bowl is a, it's a great day, but it's a long day, yeah. and so you get started kind of about noon, and you head to your favorite thing in the world, and I'm gonna need you to, you know, really explain this in the yeah. way that you love it. The NFL tailgate party goes on before every Super Bowl, and it's always themed to the city and and. It's just the best. It's this giant laid out party. Yeah. There's these giant tents, all the food you can eat, which I definitely love. And, you know, great bands. And you just get to see the, like the world tailgating before the biggest game of the year. And it's fancy tailgating. It's kind of like glamping, glamping tailgating. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And then, you know, it was, it was really, really fun. We got to see a bunch of friends, and mm -hmm. you get to see people around the league that are congratulating you again, and that's fun. People maybe you didn't see throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we've all like the Chiefs crew has been like connected with Keegan Michael Key. Mm -hmm. He's so good. He just comes over every time, and he's the best. And we just mm -hmm. he hangs out nonstop, and uh, so that's fun to see Keegan and. And those folks, but yeah, it was really good. So we've seen to just kind of give you like, oh, who plays, whatever. So we've seen Journey, we've seen John Legend, we've seen Maroon Five, we've seen uh, Dan and Shay were there when we walked in that particular morning. But they huge acts that are just there, like just just playing, playing the tailgate, yeah. and um, that's a really really cool thing. All right, so we go from there to what was one of my favorite things, which was the Chiefs-specific tailgate. So because tailgating is so in our DNA as the Chiefs' kingdom, the Chiefs did an amazing job of setting up a fantastic tailgate experience. And the cool thing about these tailgates is, you know, if you're Ryan or my dad, like once you get in, it's all you can eat, all you can drink. Like nobody's counting anything. So it's like a free-for-all. Yeah. Go ahead. And the Hunt family, because it's all fan focused, 
any Chiefs fan who had a ticket to the game, any season ticket member who was in Miami associated with the team that counted this tailgate. They could eat for free. They could drink for free because it's a celebration. And that's one of the coolest things about working with the people that I work with Mm -hmm. is they understand that the fans are the only reason that we get to do any of this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And they make sure that they pay back. It's, it's, it's really cool. One of my favorite things, because like the, you look back at kind of these mementos from historic moments in Chiefs history, and you've got like the old pennant that was, you know, world champions and all this kind of stuff. And they had new, like updated versions of those on the tables for the people at the tailgate to take with them. And I remember holding it and thinking like someday this, somebody like, 30 years from now, is going to look at this as like, oh, this was our first Super Bowl win in 50 years, which is very cool. All right, so then it's time to go in the stadium, and shit's getting real. Like, <laughs> it's, I'm getting very nervous. I know I've had high heels on for at least six hours, and I'm like, oh, um, because you're, you're working, you know, and so everybody's dressed up. You're in a suit and a tie. A little more dressed up than normal, normal like normal Super Bowls, which again is a funny sentence, is like sport coat, jeans. Yeah, if we're not in the game. Right. So we go into the stadium, and I just remember, I felt like my eyes were as big as saucers. I mean, how were you feeling walking in? So I, I had a low kind of hum of nervousness, but mm-hmm. I also had a little confidence in that I just believed in who we were as a team, you know. Um, but the excitement just really gets a hold of you. It's like electric. I, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like you walk on the ground. I was probably 6 to 12 inches off the ground the entire time. So they took us straight to the field. So we yeah. walked to the field, and we're just walking around, and we're like, we've been on the Super Bowl field before, like for Super Bowl 50, but never with our logos and yeah. our names in an end zone. And, and with our guys. Yeah. It was it was just it was so crazy and and we got there early enough that I felt like we could enjoy it and kind of take it in and take pictures and do you know all that kind of stuff but it was totally surreal and then it's time to go up to the suite and um, one of the questions we got Becca was like I want to know what P Ryan ate from the the buffet <laughs> in the suite she's like did he eat chicken tenders and I was like I think I ate all the chicken tenders because I was eating all of my feelings yeah. that day. Um, do you, did you have anything specific that no, you ate? I, to be honest, like I'm thinking about it, I have no idea. Like I think I ate a little bit, but I wasn't feeling really well. Oh and yeah. I didn't eat very much or I drank water, but kinda a little bit. Yeah, you were not I because was, you were nervous, but you were physically yeah, like fighting like, sickness. So at halftime of the game, there were some medics nearby and I told them, like, I'm feeling like I felt like I had the flu. Yeah, it was pretty and serious. I was not in a good place. And uh, so they they treated me and, and I came back after halftime. I missed the whole halftime show, which I don't really care about. But <laughs> apparently people do. Uh, and I came back for the third quarter, like right before the start. And I felt great. Oh, yeah. He went from like, I was like, I didn't know anything was wrong because you were being you and downplaying it very much and like still handling everything. And then you disappeared yeah. and then you came back and I'm like, what happened? You're like, man, I wasn't feeling good, but you're like, I feel great. Put me in. I, whatever they gave me, like I would take that every day. Like <laughs> I felt like a million dollars. Like it was awesome. Well, it was great timing because as you know, if you look back, um, the first half was interesting. It was like, I just remember feeling like we weren't hitting our groove. Um, the 49ers are 
a solid team. Um, I still have so much respect, I feel like, for their head coach. Like, he's just such a good guy. And um, I can't ever say his last name. Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo, I yeah. I said it right. That's yes. a quarterback, yeah. Um, so, anyways, he comes back, third quarter, and it's it's looking like the playoff games. Like, we're, we're down, and... Uh, the Super Bowl, I mean, all of those other games, we weren't like, hey, guys, yeah, like, do whatever you want, just come back and win. But the Super Bowl is one of those things that you feel like you have to hold on to, like, every inch of winning. Like, you can't, there can't, there's no, like, room for error. And and we were down. How much were we down by? Uh, so, we were down 20 to 10. Oh, that's right. At the worst. And they're posing at the, the other end zone for, like, their championship yeah. picture and after, stuff. After they picked Mahomes and... and I'll tell you, for the first time, like, where I was with the Houston Divisional game until this one, I really didn't have a doubt. I know. It was so crazy. Because I remember Clark turning around and having, like, like he should, like, you know, intense kind of crazy eyes. And I'm just like, I want to put my head between my knees, but I'm trying not to embarrass you and just trying to breathe quietly to myself. What, what did I say? Th- this is what's so crazy. Like... Clark looked at you and you were like, this is, he said something along the lines of like, this is not good. This is not, you know, and you like without skipping a beat, fresh off of your, your shot up from whatever with the medic said. We got my homes. We're going to be fine. Like we're going to win this game. This is part of his story. Well, what I remember you saying in addition to that is we have them right where we want them. This is just the story that we want. This is the storyline we want. And I remember looking at him like, who the hell are you? Like, (laughs) I don't have this kind of faith. I think it's awesome. But, you know, just so, again, like so nervous. But you were unshaken, which is abnormal. Yes. I did want to say it, but yes. I'm doomsday every single bad thing that goes on. And then they start, they start coming back and we're all, you know, we're all praying. We're in the suite and, uh, coach Reed's wife is with us and she also was not shaking. She's like, we got this. We're going to be fine. Like this is, she's the best person in the world. She is. And she, but she's also the person who's like, I'm not comfortable until we're up by five touchdowns. Yeah. Which is a very good philosophy. Yeah. But she's fantastic. So anyways, again, we're in the situation. It's back and forth, back and forth. We're ahead. They take us, they take us down to the tunnel I'm still not confident. We don't see the last touchdown that actually clinches yeah. it because we're in the tunnel and we're walking out on the field. I have goosebumps right now. Just And I remember holding your hand and looking over at you and you just had like, I, it was a look that I'd never seen on your face before. And you picked up your phone and I was like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm calling my mom, which yeah. is pretty clutch. Because And why did you call your mom? Well, my mom really supported me just through anything. Like I, I don't, I don't get to where I am without mom. And I just thought, what what better moment to call your mom than when you're walking on the field before you win the Super Bowl? And so, and she did, did she answer? Yeah. She did answer. Oh, I thought she did answer. Yeah, what did I, you, ta- what did I you talked say? to her for a little bit. And I just, I just said, hey, mom, I'm, I'm walking on the field and I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. And I just want to tell you, I love you. And, you know, just wanted to kind of share this moment. Son of the year. I'm, and I'm just a crying, <laughs> blubbering mess, you know? So we walk out onto the field and, and it's, it's, it's happening. It, they clench it. And it, one of the things that was so crazy in the stadium was how many Chiefs fans that were there. But the other crazy thing is like, you've got 49ers fans. They are also red. And so when you first walk in, you're like, is it, is it all Chiefs fans? 
Indians or am I confused? Like, you know, what's happening, but it was so loud. The the chop was so loud, the the cheering and and when, you know, when the when it finally ended and it was real like this is really happening. I mean, it was just it was just crazy. Yeah. Tell tell us how you felt in that moment. I I just I I really I was just so grateful. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm just so grateful for a to win it, but but B just for all of the people that put so much work mm-hmm. into it, and you know, I I feel like I work hard every day or whatever. But there are people on that coaching staff, Andy, to mm-hmm. start with, um, that are just that they work their whole lives, like entirely their whole lives, mm-hmm. and like. He's the best coach, in mm-hmm. my opinion, in the league. And apologies, I guess, to Belichick, but I just I love him so much. And he's a good, he's just a really great man. Yeah, and and just I was so happy for other people. I think that the joy was not that I won it, like that I got to be a part of a win. Mm-hmm. It was that we won it, like. Mm-hmm the people that I care about so much mm-hmm. got to experience like the ultimate win mm-hmm. in the sport. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that would be my takeaway and just to share it with everybody was so incredible. I just mm-hmm. remember hugging, this is pre COVID, but like <laughs> it was we're, <laughs> we're hugging, just hugging everybody. And like, there are so many people who nobody knows their name that have such a huge part mm-hmm. in, in those making a Super Bowl like that happen. Yeah. And I think about a guy like Mitch Reynolds who plans every ounce of what the team does, every mm. movement they do, every hotel room, every key that any player gets. Like I think about AJ who cleans the locker room every single day, maybe three times a day. Like mm. there are so many people that nobody knows and I mean, Alan and Kyle and Shrop and, and all those guys in the equipment room, like mm-hmm. nobody knows their names, but they're intricate parts Absolutely. of making this happen. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say anything about the business side, people that really work their asses off to make it happen. So mm-hmm. I, it's just, I was so happy to be able to celebrate with people that I care so much about mm-hmm. and just that we were a team from top to bottom. So the other piece of the story that I need to let you guys in on that I'm like, oh, I got so excited talking about going to the Super Bowl. Um, a year later, okay, we did the 40-day prayer challenge with my family. We circled the field. We lost the AFC championship. Wow, wow. A year later, my dad calls me and he's like, hey, I think I want to do that prayer challenge with the church. I want to lead the church through it. We'll do 40 days. And uh, he's pumped about it. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm also like, I may not be like the poster child for, you know. Um, We were in the process of still trying to sell our house and and kind of in a tough place. But um, we started it. And so what was wild is all of this is happening leading up to the start of the 40-day, you know, the 40-day prayer challenge. And so when we won the AFC championship, you and I looked at each other and we're like, this is an answered prayer. It was just a year in the making. Yeah. And then when we're sitting there at the Super Bowl, we're like, this is not just a year in the making. This is better than it could have ever even been like last year or at any other, you know, season of our lives. Well, my dad, because he's my dad, is so fired up that we're going to the Super Bowl. 
Um, he kicks off the 40 day prayer challenge with Alamo city. We're going to the super bowl, which yeah. is hilarious. He's, but he, he talks a little bit about the story and how we prayed about it and had walked the field and all that kind of stuff. I, I noticed that that didn't happen. When we were two and 14. No, like I, I, we didn't get a lot of mentions. <laughs> we were, I think we were more a testimony of grace yeah, at that yeah, point, yeah. a character resilience, but, um, but what was really cool is that uh, the lead up to, you know, the game and all that kind of stuff, um, the reason we're even here talking about it today is that it's not about us yeah. or even like the Hunt family. And I loved, you know, even what Clark said when he got both trophies, which was... I, he just gave gave honor to the Lord because mm. that's that's where it all starts and that's what it's all about. Mm, absolutely. So, and that was my point, that, that he dedicated it to the Lord, that it was because of the Lord and dedicated it to the fans of Kansas City and all that kind of stuff. And that that's the environment that we were, you were working and we were, you know, praying in and that it was just so cool to, you know, to watch it develop. But the coolest follow-up to that is, is that a couple of weeks ago, my dad calls me and he's like, uh, I just got off the phone with my, you know, prayer group. And he's like, Mark Batterson, the guy who wrote that book, was on the call. And he said, I got to tell him y'all's story about the 40-day prayer challenge leading all the way up to the Super Bowl. And that that was one of the circles, you know, you guys had been praying. He was so, first of all, he was so fired up. I was like, Dad, you got to slow down. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to listen to everything you're saying. But it was so cool because Batterson had said, I heard when Clark, you know, really honored the Lord in his, his thank you speech. And I wondered if... I just wondered, I wondered, you know, what the story was behind that. And so that, that's part of why we're here even sharing this whole story is that, you know, one of the things that we talked about, like God may not care a lot about football, but he knows how to thrill our hearts. And yeah. I can get choked up in a sobby mess all over again. When I think about eight year old Ryan looking at that poster to you holding the trophy, yeah. you know, on, on the stage, another kind of side note, funny story, which totally shows you like just who we are the trophy presentation and all this kind of stuff um, is they're real strict about who could be on the stage and all that kind of stuff. And so after the trophy presentation, I can't find you. So, and, and I can't find you. Right. It's, it's confetti. There's a million people and everybody's just hanging out. Cause it's this moment that you don't want to end, right. you know? And uh, so I do what I feel like is normal and I get to a higher vantage point, not really yeah. paying attention. So, no, no credentials, no nothing. Like they yeah. let me up the stairs onto the stage, and in my mind, I'm just looking for Ryan. I'm like, the TV cameras are gone. It's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But he calls me, and he's like, "Where are you?" And what do I say? I'm on the stage, and I say, "You're on the stage." <laughs> yeah, he unbelievable. So of course, she's on the stage. He was so pissed off. I was. I, didn't I wasn't pissed. I, I was just like, I was amazed. I was like. Okay, I'm not on the stage, but go on, like get after it. <laughs> I told people over and over again. I was like, I have, I have a handful of rules when I come to the Super Bowl. It's don't fall down, don't be late, and try not to break anything. Those are yeah. usually usually my rules. Clearly, I, I broke I broke some rules there. Nah, I was... You you crushed it. You crushed it. But I what I would say is is Clark's message after the AFC championship game is kind of the overall message of the whole deal, which mm -hmm. is the glory belongs to the Lord mm -hmm. and the trophy belongs to the fans. And, and that sums up kind of who I'm blessed to work for, but also just kind of who we are, mm -hmm. like how we approach, how we approach stuff, which is, 
we're not here without without the providence and the grace of God. And mm-hmm. the only reason we get to talk about this is mm-hmm. because he, he made it happen. He totally did. And just thrilled our hearts. Like, just so amazing. I, I think the other thing that's really cool is that, you know, the Hunts are in, an incredibly competitive family. Like, they're... Sure. Like, Monopoly games at their house, I'm sure, turn to, like, death <laughs> confide. Like, they... It's just in their blood. So to be highly competitive and to continually make decisions that are right that may not necessarily guarantee that you win is a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like it's really profound. Uh, but I'd, I'd say he makes decisions that lead us to winning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, in the heart... If he has to choose between what's the right thing to do and what's an easy win, he yeah. chooses oh, the yeah, right ab- thing. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not always the case in, in the world or the, the league. Which is rarely the case, yeah. That's true. All right, so we leave the field in kind of surreal. We hop on a hop in cars, the team hops on buses, and we head back to the team hotel for the after party. Yeah. You like the police escort, though, right? Oh, my gosh. They shut down the highway. Yeah. Like, the whole highway that shut... It, I've never felt more important in my whole life. And it will never happen again, like, on my account, whatever. Well, hopefully it, it happens next year. Well, but, yes. Yeah. But it was it was very cool. That was very cool. So we go, we walk in, and again, the, the after party is, like, if you get in the doors, it's all you can eat, all you can drink. And you just never see... I mean, it's midnight. People have already been at a game all day. Some people flew in that morning. Lots of people flew in that morning. Went to the game, or went to the tailgate, went to the games, did all the kinds of things. And then now, it, because I will say this, like when you win the Super Bowl on the field and it's a random field, it's not your home field or yeah. somebody else's field, there's a little bit of a disconnect. That's yeah. kind of weird. And That's it wasn't right. like winning the AFC Championship at home at Arrowhead. But that was one of the moments where it was like, these are our people and we are about yeah, to throw that's down. That's right. That's exactly right. So there's music, there's food. Um, the who, who, the first musical act was Flo Rida. Flo Rida, yeah. Which was outstanding. And then uh, Pitbull brought, brought down the house. And we were like living our best lives and dancing and celebrating with our friends. And then like 2.30 hit and we were like, we old, we tired. <laughs> I was ready to crawl into a ball we on the like, middle of that floor and go to sleep. You're just in this random like, you know, ballroom. But the, the after party... I think it's so fun. One of the coolest things about the Super Bowl and about that whole experience is that it's this giant leveling field of like, we are all fans. We are all fans. And it's the same thing, like even with ownership and other Super Bowls that you're not in, like people are fans of the game. It's what brings us all together. But that, that moment, it didn't matter if you were a player or if you were some random who like took out money from their 401k to get to the Super Bowl, (laughs) you know, but it was so cool. And, and it was such a place of joy and such a place of, of celebration. Um, we got a lot of questions about, uh, Mahomes. People wanted to know like, what's he like and. Um, if you can give any, you know, any background on that, cause I haven't been allowed to talk to him for obvious reasons. So, well, no, he, he's as advertised, like as good as he is on the field, he's just as good off the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's the son of a pro athlete and he learned, I, I think from watching his dad as a major league baseball pitcher and, and some of that, but he he's just a good guy. He's a good Texan, which I appreciate. But uh, yes. he he really is what you see is what you get. Hmm. So down to earth, 
Yeah. Very, just very chill and yeah. just. He loves, he loves ball. He loves to play the game and he loves his teammates and it's everything you could ever ask for from a franchise quarterback. I think a lot, something that shows a lot about his character is the way that he came in and he sat and he listened and he studied, studied under Alex Smith and that we know added to so much of, <laughs> to my just pouring some more into your drink. Um, he studied under Alex, and and that takes a real humility, right? And yeah. and he's shown that you know at every turn, and he inspires. Yeah, he hands down, he inspires. There's not, there's not an ounce of him. Like he's confident, and he has swagger, and he's like, I will lead us to get this done. But he doesn't talk down to anybody. You know, I think I think that's just that's a really cool, really important thing. Okay, let me go to another question. Uh, what lucky shoes did you wear? So, I just wore dress shoes at the game, but after we won, I wore some Air Jordan 6s because that was the first uh, shoe that Jordan won when he won his first championship, and I'm a sucker for Air Jordans. I, I've got a few of them. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. That's another podcast. I don't know if she knows how many I have, but yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I have some pairs, and they're all like the same. They're, they're not, just they're like not a the slight. Same. They're all very unique snowflakes. All right, well, unique snowflakes. Yeah, they're fantastic. Okay, we got another question. Uh, the rings. What's the update on the rings? What can you tell us? So they're in the design process now, and I think everybody's really excited about it. It's a little bit different with COVID nineteen because normally you just have a ceremony where you bring everybody together, and so we have to figure out what that's going to look like. Hmm. Um, but you know, are oh, they going to be blingy? Yeah, they're Super Bowl rings. They're definitely going to be blingy. Do you get one? I hope I get one. Yeah. Are you going to do a tour? A tour. Like this is my ring. Thank you for coming to my. No, <laughs> I, I I don't expect that. But I I uh, I'm looking forward to getting a ring. Now, did you get to spend any time with the trophy? Can you tell us a little? Is it heavy? <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time with the trophy, actually. One-on-one, <laughs> -on -one, you know? Yeah, I, I did, actually. So First name basis? Was we, he still Mr. Lombardi? Or? We, we got to take some pictures mm -hmm. on the stage, mm -hmm. you and I. We did. Um, and then I was there with it that night. And then I, uh, I took it to our offices in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Drove around with it in my truck, which is a little nerve-wracking. Just a little. A little bit. Um, I had it on my desk for several hours, which was fantastic. Yeah, um, I, my understanding is that you used that time, you really invested in taking pictures of the trophy with some of your favorite shoes. No, I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I, I definitely <laughs> took some pictures in my office, but yeah, I'm I'm intimately acquainted with the trophy. Uh, okay, let's see. Here we go. Ross Tollison. The story must be told. I want to know uh, the progression of the season. We covered some of that. When you knew you had something special. What was the mood around the front office and the locker room as the season progressed? So, first of all, shout out to Ross, who's one of my favorite people. We love Ross and Mallory. Second, I, I would say there was a quiet confidence throughout the season mm -hmm. based on the previous season and how like we really... We should have, we should have won the game, and so, you know, outside of when Patrick went down in Denver, mm -hmm. there was just this expectation, and when you saw Matt Moore come in and play really well, 
Hmm. I, I don't think that did anything to quiet it. I think it it really only amplified the kind of the onus that was on the defense to step up. And then once that happened, it was like, let's go. Let's so ride. This is a really, really great question. Um, looking back on the season and preseason, what one failure did you encounter that now looking back on it was actually the most helpful for you in the end to succeed at your position? Well, I, I'll go back to, I don't know if it's a failure as much as it was a, a piece of adversity, but when Patrick got hurt, Mm-hmm. It it really galvanized the defense under Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark and those guys to to step up because they're they're really really talented players mm-hmm. and they had a chance to show that without Patrick there mm-hmm. because when you have the league MVP you're going to be overshadowed all mm-hmm. the time but the defense showed that they were formidable and they were ready to go mm-hmm. and by the time he came back. They, they had a chip on their shoulder. They were ready to show, like, we're just as good. And they were. The, the shots and the replays of, like, the sidelines of the opposing teams when we started to come back, I think that was one of my favorite things because it was just, they were looking around like, nobody can explain this to me. Yeah. Nobody can tell us how this just happened. Like, how do you plan to defend against that? And that, I think, is just such an exciting thing, you know, to to get to be a part of. Mahomes, in particular, has taken off, and they call him the face of the league and all this kind of stuff, which I think is so great, not just because he's a chief, but because he's a great, young, hardworking guy that's a fantastic role model. Yeah. Um, but what are you most excited about looking into this next season and uh, what is the one? What is one of the things that sh- the public doesn't know, but you think they would like to know that is really cool? So the first question, I, what I'm most excited about is kind of seeing my friends again, <laughs> like because I just haven't seen. Tired of being at home with me, I'm are not, you? No, not not at all. <laughs> I love I love you with all my heart, but I just there's there's a good energy in a building when everybody's working together towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. And that's just fun to be a part of. And we just haven't had that for a while. So that would be the first part. Uh, the second thing was... What's something that the public doesn't know that you think, like, they would think is really cool or you'd like them to know? About the family, about the team, about players? Hmm. Yeah, I I think I think for this podcast I'd say that there's a lot of there's a lot of men of faith on on this team mm-hmm. and we have weekly uh bible studies with the chaplain um you know I it's not an accident that we have some and a lot of high character guys mm-hmm. on the team mm-hmm. and they work really hard on the field, but they also work really hard off the field mm. to be good men. And I'm, I'm just really proud to be associated with that. Mm. I think that's so cool. I think one of the things that obviously we're very proud of is to be aligned with a family and people and an organization that um, is morally driven and in a lot of ways guided by faith. Um, and just a real love for people and, you know, and a love for the Lord. And I think that, one of the things, you know, I can remember as a kid thinking that like, okay, but like if I'm a really good Christian, does that mean like I'm going to win? Because I too loved sports and was not very good at them. <laughs> <laughs> My dream was to be an amazing basketball player. It was not in the cords, cords, the cards for a short white, white girl. It was just, it was just not going to happen. But, um, 
there can be this confusion of just like, okay, so being a Christian, you know, you think like, oh, we should win. And it's so not how it works. Being a believer in any field, whether it's accounting or it's sports or it's music and entertainment or it's being a nurse or like any of those places, it is those, those places where we are, it's an opportunity to live out what we really believe and what we really value in the context of those things. So in sports, it, it all in all of it, it all comes down to how we're living and how you yeah, know, we're yeah, doing yeah. life. Because if you get to the end and you win, but everybody freaking hates your guts, and you've got a trail of you know all of these skeletons and classes and all this stuff that you're ashamed of, like it's it's not worth it. Yeah. The goal should be to live to live like a champion, like to live kind of like like you already have the crown, whether or not you know you walk under that. And because you know we came home and we're like, like we won the freaking Super Bowl two weeks ago, but like, it's still Tuesday, you know? Yeah, yeah I no, absolutely. And it's a really good point because I, you made a couple of points there that I think are, are really important. Well, I tend to make points. Yeah. There, so <laughs> so the, the first is there's no way that entitlement and championships go together. Mm. It never happens in the history of sports. It never happens because championships happen when people play for each other, mm. when teams are accountable to each other, when they're teammates, when the locker room is really good, when the when the entire organization is working together. Mm. Like that's it, it just doesn't happen. Like entitlement and championship swagger, as Tyron likes to say. I love Tyron. They're they're the antithesis. Mm. Like you have to play for the guy next to you and whatever. Mm. The second thing I'd say is there's, it doesn't matter that we won the Super Bowl. Hmm. Like, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the highlights of my life. Right. But it didn't stop my life. It didn't change my life. Right. Like, I, I remember hearing Tony Dungy talk about winning with the Colts. Mm -hmm. and, and he told them the night before the Super Bowl, like, what does it profit a man gain the whole world and lose their soul. Mm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a accomplishment. It's something to put in your mantle. It's, it's, it's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fantastic, but it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your station in life. It doesn't change. Does it fix your, your responsibilities? Yeah. yeah. Like all those things still exist. So it's the process that got you there that's important to, to focus on. I just have to say as a wife, you know, I think that um, the joy of being able to watch. Because like when we talk about like faith and the faith to believe in our dreams and to chase after like big, crazy, audacious things. Um, it doesn't just come from our own personal experience. It comes from what I feel like are kind of like these campfire talks where somebody's like, let me tell you the nitty gritty of like, as, as we open up and we share those things with each other, where we're able to see like, God has just thrilled this person's heart. I can believe that he would thrill my heart too. And mm -hmm. where if I'm in the seat, if I'm in the two and 14 season of my life and you're winning the Super Bowl. I don't have to feel disconnected from you. I can feel connected to you in the hope and belief that like God walks us through seasons and he's always faithful and he's always good. And we would, you would have loved your life and been proud of your work had we not ever won the Super Bowl. Because yeah. again, it goes back to like, you know, how you're living. But when he does throw your heart. Oh yeah. I mean, just 
I just cried. And it, and it's like, you know, it's one of those weird feelings where you're like, you're that person on TV who like won a million dollars in car and they're, they're like awkward, like ugly crying, but smiling. Like, that's what I felt like, you know, I was just doing and with red lipstick on that kept smearing everywhere, you know, it's just, but that is, that is such a part of life. And I, I wanted to be able to talk some about the joy of this kind of stuff because we find ourselves in a strange place. Like you as an eight year old in Atkins never dreamed of being there. Me as the pastor's daughter, you know, singing solos in the youth group and, and all that kind of stuff. Never envisioned, you know, that I would be in those places. But even when we stand in those places, if it's a room full of people that are worth billions of dollars or it's people just like us that, you know, went to school or are trying to go to school and raise babies or whatever, it's about loving those people. And people are just people. Yeah. And we go back to that, you know, over and over again. And so, again, our heart in sharing this was literally just in to be able to step back and say there probably was a far more articulate way to express it, but basically like, look what God did. Like, yeah. this is so freaking cool to us. It was a long time coming and we don't know, you know, all of what the future holds. But to me, I'm like, I can remember going into Super Bowl 50 and I was like, this is it. This is the year we need to go to the Super Bowl. Like we need to win Super Bowl 54. And it was like, the Lord was like, yeah, it would be way cooler if it was 50 years since your last Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> and it, it, the story, I mean, it's just epic. Like, even yeah. the way it worked out for us to host the AFC Championship, like, if you go back to that, which we won't go back into right now, but, like, crazy things had to happen. Like, crazy teams had to beat the Patriots for us to be able to, like, to knock them out and to host the game at uh, home. We, we'd have beat them anyway. I know, but I'm saying, like, the Lord... Yeah. He aligned it. Like, it was just really cool. So, from our hearts to yours, we just want to share a little bit of, of the joy, you know, of what of what the Lord did. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe just convert a few more Chiefs fans out there. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. But as a wife, I have to say to you, I'm so insanely proud of you. I'm proud of the choices Thanks. that you've made. And the places that, I mean, you do, you just have this fierce tenacity to believe when... I mean, when I was like, we're awful, we're awful, we're never going to win. I remember when Mahomes started playing and we started winning, I looked at you as only your totally unfiltered, overly sassy wife can be. And I was like, you're telling me that this is what football is? I was like, do you know how much bad football I had to watch before we got to Mahomes? It wasn't all bad football. It wasn't, but compared, you know, yeah. compared. Um it's just, it's, it's a really cool season. It's a really cool time. So anything you want to say? I, I would just say like in Psalms when, when he says like he opens his hands and satisfies the desires of your heart, mm -hmm. he doesn't put a timetable on it. And there was a, there was a season where I didn't believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was proven wrong mm -hmm. and I was proven wrong in the right way. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you are desiring, Mm -hmm. I would say give us some time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us here again on, I think it's so hilarious that you're on a podcast called Confessions of a High Strung Woman. This is my first and last. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> We're so, so grateful for you guys. Thanks. Thanks for um, hanging around and, and, you know, listening to our story. Love to hear back from you. If you have any other questions or just cool stories, you can send them to me over at abby at highstrongwoman.com and we will be back Next week, are you gonna come back next week? I'm good for. A We're minute. gonna talk about feelings for a next minute. Week. Nah, feelings. You can come I'm, talk about I'm, feelings. I'm hmm. good on those feelings. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>